0: Educators want to stay fresh with literacy instruction, but are so busy with students, they don't always have the time. All year long, Choice Literacy publishes and delivers the best K-12 literacy practices so that educators can grow their students as readers and writers with choice in literacy. Welcome to the Big Fresh Choice Literacy Podcast. I'm Ruth Ayers. Good Things, by me, Ruth Ayers. When you think positive, good things happen, Matt Kemp. Good things, I whisper as my sons hug me before leaving for the day. They say back, are going to happen to me and through me. It's a quiet and predictable conversation that has been happening daily for years. A long time ago, I decided I wanted to send my kids into the world believing that good things are going to happen to them and that good things happen through them. This is not a slight thing to believe. The world can be cruel and dark. Some kids know this before others. All kids learn it at school. The world can also be good and light. When we enter the world believing that good things are going to happen to us, the likelihood skyrockets that we will find the good. As we welcome 2022, I'd like to remind you that good things are happening to you and through you. It's part of the human experience. Look for it today, and when you wake up tomorrow, remind yourself, good things are happening to me and through me. This week, we look at creating welcoming spaces. Happy New Year, Kathy. I'm so happy that we're back.
1: Happy New Year, Ruth. I know it is so exciting and kind of hard to believe we're at this place. And I loved your big, fresh lead for... The new year, it just really um, put me in the right place stepping forward that when you said things are happening, good things are happening to me and through me, and I'm just going to keep that in my head in these next coming weeks, months, the whole year.
0: Yeah, um, it was something that I started with the kids a long time ago. Um, years ago. And so you can imagine they're they're teenagers. So sometimes they kind of roll their eyes when they say it back to me, but they still say it back. And I just love sending them into the the world with that mantra and that mindset, because good things are happening all around us. And I think it's important that we keep an eye out for it.
1: Oh, and you know what I appreciated, Ruth, was the through me part, because I think it kind of reminded me that I have some responsibility in that or some ways I can make the choices to help those good things um, continue to shine in my days. So I thought it was just a great way to step into the new year.
0: Well, I'm excited about a couple of the articles in the free for all section there. They were both published in 2020. So they're uh, somewhat recent, uh, Susie K. she was writing about belonging and this idea of creating a place where everybody feels like they belong and different ways to go about that.
1: I thought this was such a helpful article to read this time of year. I always like this time of year, Ruth. I don't know about you, but I feel like I know my my community. I know my kids. And now is a time where I can kind of Better shape where we're headed moving forward. And I think that piece of belonging, especially with all that's going on around us right now, is such an important part of our learning communities. And I appreciated Susie's ideas for helping to keep that in the front of what we're doing.
0: And the thing about this article is, it's not just like philosophical, but there's a really practical activity that she shares with us that we can do with our school um, in order to just hone that idea of creating a place where we can learn together and be happy together and just feel like we belong.
1: Yes, she talks a lot about that ownership piece and taking a look at it from the perspective of our students, and that really also had me thinking about, at this point in the year, um, not just what kids have ownership over and are creating, but what are we creating together, and um, just a nice way to think as I move forward. So
0: along with that um, is a Article that's free from Melissa Quimby. Melissa is a fourth grade teacher in the Boston area, and she wrote an article called "Meet Someone New Monday." It's a practice that she has happening in her classroom, and if if people aren't following Melissa on. Um, on Instagram, I would really encourage you to do so because she's posting a lot of the things that she's doing in her class. And she just uh, posted this week, some of her, the Meet some Someone New Monday, uh, the people that she was introducing to her students. And this article, I think, is a treasure because it really outlines how she goes about it and uh, I think it's just something that can really change the conversation in classrooms and helps draw a, just a bigger circle around uh, what, who kids know and who they feel like they know and understand. And it's just this really great way to bring some picture books into the classroom, have conversations, and uh, figure out um, ways to meet new people.
1: You know, Ruth, um, for this new year, I chose my word after much deliberation and it was ripple. And the idea is just that, you know, what are the stones or the rocks that are important to throw in and what ripples? And when I think about this article and what Melissa is doing, I just can't help but not notice the ripples. Um, Introducing all these different characters in a way that's so doable, even in our busy classrooms, and helping to build those connections for her students to other people and things they've done and what that means in our world, um, just seems like something that will carry on across the school year and honestly for kids as they step into other classrooms in years to come.
0: What a great word to describe this article and the effect that it has. And I'm so intrigued to how that word's going to play out uh, in your life this year, Kathy, because as you know, I am a sucker for choosing a word to live by for the year. Um, And ripple is a good one. It's exactly what this article does. And I really hope that people will um, click into it and take a look at it because I think it can change the course of how things are going in our classrooms.
1: Well, and I appreciated the little tip that the new books that she's using this school year are on her Instagram page, because I love that she shares some titles in this article. She shares her 2019, 2020 choices. She shares her 2020, 2021 considerations. And to know that I can get a sneak peek into this year too, bonus
0: material. It is, it is great. And we highlighted... Uh, Stella's new course, again, honoring student stories, Uh, I, I hope that some people had a chance to dive into this over break, but just to recognize for our members, it's there, it's accessible for you, and I think that Stella is truly one of my favorite people to learn from, just the way that she helps me be more intentional and think about things from a different lens. uh, It's really fantastic. And such a,
1: a, such a perfect way to think about uh, that welcoming as we welcome students back. I just um, think that lines up very nicely with where we are in the school
0: year. And speaking of Instagram feeds, if people aren't following Stella Vialba on Instagram, that's another one. um, I just think is a a good one to to keep a pulse on. Julie Cox is a new writer, a new contributor for Choice Literacy. And she has this great article uh, that's new this week called Keeping Unity.
1: Yes, this article, honestly, I went through and kind of read and reread this article. I like that she talks about you know where we are in the year. Kind of as the days roll by, we've done all these things at the beginning of the year to build our community. But what do we keep doing to keep our students kind of as one cohesive community working together, where kids are comfortable taking risks and feel safe? And those things are really important always. But I feel like especially now, Ruth um, and I find it so helpful that she actually gives some of the things that she does to help keep that unity in the center of her classroom.
0: One of the things that gave me pause in Julie's article is right there in the center um, where she talked about helping kids see each other. And I thought that this was such a wise part of the work that she's doing because it's not just about the teacher you know, setting things in motion, but really kind of handing over um, the responsibility so that kids are also trying to see see one another, and uh, build into those connections.
1: It's so interesting that you bring that up and draw attention to that, Ruth, because in the next article by Bitsy Parks, What is Communication? A Mini Inquiry Project and Booklist. She's really, in a sense, doing that very thing, um, she was talking about how kids were coming to her circle, and of course, I think she's working with first graders here. But how they're coming to her circle, and or to the classroom circle, and they are sharing things. But she felt like they really. All of that was having to go through her, um, especially with masks and social distancing. And so she talks a little bit about how she put the focus on communication and had the kids really think about how they communicate and how to be make stronger connections and take care of one another in those communications. And I feel like that aligns really well with what Julie was talking about
0: and helping them see each other. I agree. Um, I think one of the reasons why, um, one of the things that happened in this issue that I think happens a lot in choice literacy is like Julie is writing from this high school perspective and Bitsy is writing from a first grade, a primary perspective. And yet the the ideas have this common theme. And really that's what makes us so strong as educators, right? Is like that um, the things that that work well in classrooms, oftentimes span grade grade levels. And this article by Bitsy, I I admire it. It has so many of my favorite things. Like she tells a story from her classroom and she really sets the stage. So, you know, we all think about a community circle, but in this case, the kids are standing and they're far apart because they're social distancing. They have their masks on. And uh, in that story, you know, in the opening, Bitsy is sharing how she's pretty much having to repeat what every kid's saying and it's not working. And so instead of of Bitsy telling them what to do, they jump into this um, inquiry project where they're really using books and Trying to figure out what can we try when it comes to communication, based on what we're learning from the books. Uh, it's a, it is a fantastic article. There's charts. You can see Bitsy's charts in here. She includes a book list, and then at the end she has some student work because um, as a class they created like what it means to be a good communicator. And I just I think. Um, I think, Kathy, my favorite is, I am a good communicator when I pay attention. <laughs> 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 Such wide Definitely a lot of perspective.
1: <laughs> Definitely a lot of perspective shared. You know, it's interesting you bring up that point, Ruth, because it's one of the things I always value about reading through choice literacy is I've held a lot of positions in my time. And it doesn't seem to matter where I am. It's so easy to take what the contributors are sharing and apply it to my world. And I think you're kind of actually getting at this very thing in the article that is also a part of the member content this week um, on perfection and goals. A little look back, Ruth, at your beginning days in teaching and um, how we want everything to be perfect and nothing ever is. And also it reminds me, Ruth, that, you know, even in year 20, 22, 25, it just never feels like everything is perfect because it always changes. But what I love that you get at here is what are those pillars? Like if we're reflecting and we want to make improvements, we want to change things, the way they're going in our classroom, where do we begin? Because there are so many parts of the day and you really um, show us some of those pillars. What are those main things we might think about and where can we um, find the place to begin, set some goals and move forward? And I really appreciated the way you set me up to be able to reflect on the things that I'm doing that are going well, but also those things maybe I wanna dig into a little bit more and think about and change probably.
0: Thanks, Kathy. It is a, a simple download if people get into it and you'll see it, but I think it's a powerful one because it is, like you said, it's like, like thinking through the routines and procedures of workshop and really naming what you do well and then what I'm curious about. And I think what happens, you know, like as we think about um, just this growth mindset is, it doesn't always have to be about making something perfect or setting the next goal. I think sometimes it's just about like, what am I going to be curious about? What, what do I want to pay attention to in these different areas? Um, so those areas all came from the first book that I wrote um, called Day by Day. And the, the book is set up by those areas because um, I, I just think there's a lot of working parts to make workshop work. And this is a... Just one way to take a look at it and do a little bit of reflection.
1: Well, and to your point earlier about how so often the things contributors share can be applied across grade levels and spaces. You know, I think about as a classroom teacher, I would love to just, you know, sit down and use this to reflect or sit down with my team and use this to reflect. But the coach in me also couldn't help but think what a great tool this might be for some good conversation with other colleagues about
0: our workshop. Yeah, that is, that's definitely uh, the case there. And I think that I probably use that chart more as a coach than what I did um, as a classroom teacher, just because it, it is a nice way to bridge into some conversations. There's a couple courses we're highlighting for our members, um, the Empower Choice course. It's an elementary contributor course. And um, I, I'm just really excited about our courses, Kathy. I think they're a great way to curate information. Um, the videos that we're, we're using um, are, are shorter. So you get to hear directly from contributors and then it's curating content that helps us think deeply about a topic and in this case it's about empowering choice and some of the things that our contributors are trying um so that one is a great one and then in our leaders lounge we're highlighting that it's a cycle not a hamster wheel getting the most out of coaching cycles by dana murphy uh this again a good time of year to take a look at it and really think about setting coaching cycles in, in motion and what does it take to make it work. Dana has so many ideas for coaches. It is just, um, it's just chock full of ideas. Ruth, the
1: both of these courses are so timely and it is so helpful to be able to just go in and flexibly take a look and work through them at your own pace, but to have such strong content and be able to, I think, too, to have time to digest it and go back into the classroom or your space and give some of those pieces a try. I think this time of year, there are so many places where we can pause and kind of think as we move forward. And I love the article this week by Heather Fisher that's in the Leaders Lounge. It's time to pause a PD session to reconnect with core values. And what I appreciated about this is I know that um, going back is always such an exciting time of year. Like it's always great to see the kids again, to be back with our communities and see our colleagues. But there are a lot of things that we're all juggling right now and trying to figure out and things can be different from day to day. And what Heather talks about here is getting together with colleagues and really getting a sense from the room that people are just in need of a pause, that things feel kind of heavy. And so she decides to take that time to pause and to really give people the opportunity to think and get back to the things that brought them into the work they do. Um, Sometimes she talks about how when things are overwhelming, it's good to just kind of sit back and take a look at those things that brought us to where we are.
0: I feel like Heather is hitting her groove. She's been an instructional coach for a number of years and has been a longtime contributor to the site. And the things that she is writing now, currently, um, they they they're so fresh and just on point. Um, I and this is one of those examples of of something that is incredibly timely and doable to put into motion. So if you're someone who's in charge of putting some PD together or leading a staff meeting, this is an article that I think you would really value uh, taking some time to check out and um, being able to use it in your school too.
1: Well, and one of the things that I thought was very helpful in thinking about it was she sets up with an example question that she used to kind of get people back to those things that brought them into education in the first place. And so teachers had the time to reflect and think and kind of get back to those reasons that they wanted to do this work. But then what I think she does that's kind of like the whipped cream and cherry on top of the sundae, is she also shares some of the questions she uses to bring the group back together and to help them to see what other people are bringing into the school each day and the other strengths that are in the room and what are those similarities and differences. So those questions kind of help to guide that group synthesis and bring that community together. And I think when you think about welcoming and some of the articles we've read so far, it fits along nicely with that power of the team and what are we co-creating together.
0: It also inspired me um, to share the Encore article and video in the Leaders Lounge about building the reading community among teachers. This is an article that Jen Allen wrote and helping Uh, us just set in motion some experiences that will help create a reading community among teachers in a building.
1: Yes. And I love, she gives a couple of ideas of things she's done to help build that reading community and um, get people in her school community talking about books, all the way from teachers to students to families,
0: Well, Kathy, I really enjoyed putting together uh, this issue. Just about kind of thinking about how we're welcoming uh, not just kids back, but teachers and becoming that school community coming together again for this next part of the school year.
1: Yes, and I'm excited to see what these coming days will
0: bring. At Choice Literacy, we know that you want to be an educator who makes students' lives better through literacy. In order to do that, you need access to comprehensive literacy practices delivered in a way you will actually use. With over 150 in-the-field contributors, we understand the pressure to reach a variety of needs and not enough time to do it, which is why we hold true to workshop tenets like Choice and share practical ways to plan and deliver literacy instruction straight to the point of student need. You can find links to all of the articles discussed in the show notes or sign up for the Big Fresh so you can have the links delivered directly to your inbox. Keep growing readers and writers by offering choice in literacy.